This is the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. Oh, my goodness. Tough, tough way to end the season as the divisional round of the playoffs is the last stop for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 31-23, the Detroit Lions win on Sunday at Ford Field to advance to the NFC Championship game, denying the Bucs hopes of being there for a fifth time in their history. And you got to credit the Lions. They were able to get it done. And so we are here to wrap up that game and wrap up the 2023 season right here on Nothing But Bucks. Thank you for finding me. I am the somewhat rested, somewhat capable host of the program. Coming up, you'll hear the highlights, everything that went down as the Motor City Kitties. My goodness. For the first time in 67 years. 67 years years have won two playoff games in the same season so got to give jared goff uh aiden hutchinson their their guys a lot of credit because they they were better when it mattered the most in the fourth quarter in a 17 17 game they outplayed our tampa bay buccaneers and got the win we're going to get into all of that i'll give you thoughts from the sideline i keep saying this line i'm going to repeat it here i may have my hearing back by february i may not it was very loud I, I will submit to you, it's not any louder than the Superdome in New Orleans when they go bonkers and go crazy. Everybody's biased and thinks, oh, we have the loudest environment. We have the best fans. We you know, we have the craziest atmosphere. New Orleans is every bit as crazy as that. Minnesota earlier this year with the PA turned up so loud that you can hear it in Canada from Minneapolis and the roaring crowd. And the Bucks handled both of those situations, by the way, in September with Baker Mayfield and company uh winning they they were every bit as loud it was loud it was loud and then it got quiet several times uh in detroit when the buccaneers were making play so uh anyway i'm here i i've, I've rested some the hearing is it's okay because i'm getting older but we're going to get through all of this you're going to hear the highlights from gene and dave a lot of exciting highlights in this uh, final game of the season, in the playoff elimination game with the Lions. You're going to hear the post-game interviews, hear from uh, Todd Bowles, Baker Mayfield, Levante David, K-Dot, and all of that coming up on Nothing But but Bucks uh, here, our podcast. And uh, we come your way in the post-game mode after each and every Buccaneer game. So we do that all throughout every season. I've been doing it now for the last few years. Make it a point to be with us. Follow us. Subscribe to us on podcast form. Find us on the Buccaneers mobile app, Buccaneers.com. Nothing but bucks. Search it out. You'll find us. You'll get my commentary. You'll get my insight. You, facts, figures, highlights, interviews. If you're a Buck fan, be with us and, and enjoy this one more time because I enjoy bringing you these comments. I have heard from so many of you over the last uh, two or three years, but this year specifically about how much you enjoy the full recap here where I'm giving you takes, I'm giving you highlights, something for everybody. I'm giving you the players and the interviews you don't often hear uh, some of these things that they have to say, I know the press conference uh, interview stuff and other stuff. They do a great job on Buccaneers.com and the Buccaneers mobile app on the full press conferences. But not everybody asks the same questions that I ask, has the same familiarity or relationships, etc. So I hope you enjoy the conversations that we replay here off our Hooters postgame show, 98 Rock Buccaneers Radio. You're going to hear that again one more time in a little bit so we're going to get into the game itself and uh, the highlights here in a few moments again just to set the scene the Buccaneers off the Monday night win over the Eagles had a shorter week coming in as the road team the Lions had played on Sunday night against the Rams and won a real nail-biter 24-23 where the Rams only scored three points or I'm sorry the uh, Lions only scored three points in the second half 
it was a very low scoring game in the second half. It was a 21 17 game at halftime. And the, the Rams had a chance to go ahead uh, in the final couple of minutes with a touchdown, instead, kicked a field goal to remain behind by one, and the Lions never let them get the ball back uh, in the end and knelt on the ball and won the game. All right. So that set into motion Monday night with the Buccaneers, as you know by now, put it on the Philadelphia Eagles by Philly by. Uh, so that meant divisional round showdown at Ford Field on Sunday. What an atmosphere in and around Detroit. Tickets on the secondary market were astronomical because there were not that many available because the Lion fans wanted to be there for history. It was the first time going back 32 years to them playing in a divisional round game. Again, in that year, they beat the Dallas Cowboys to advance to the NFC Championship. And so now uh, this is what was on the line. The Bucs knew this. The Lions knew this. The 49ers had won on Saturday night against the Green Bay Packers. So the winner knew we're going west. We're going west to play in Santa Clara, California against the number one seed. So that was kind of the backdrop. We, you know, we got there on Saturday, and I, I realized it got cold in the Tampa Bay area and in central Florida overnight Saturday into Sunday. Wake-up temperatures were in the 30s, the mid-30s. Freeze warning in effect. Folks, we got off the plane Saturday late afternoon in Detroit. It was five with the wind chill, five, 30 degrees. Colder than how cold you felt. And by the way, the wind chill got down to one later that night. One degree wind chill. Wake up temperature in Detroit was 17 degrees with the wind chill again, five with the sun coming up. It was a uh, cold snow on the ground. So thankfully we were inside at Ford field in that atmosphere and they were doing everything to rev the crowd up uh, again. Uh, they had Eric Kramer, the quarterback who was the quarterback the last time they were there in the divisional round and beat the Dallas Cowboys to go to the NFC championship game with Barry Sanders uh, and company Wayne Fonts and that crew uh, for the Detroit Lions. He was there. Uh, Calvin Johnson, obviously, Megatron, uh, who had so many great years, but they never could get a playoff win uh, with Calvin Johnson. Um, and then also Eminem, the rapper Marshall Mathers, was there. They showed him in the suite. They went to the, uh, the Eminem Lose Yourself song in the third quarter of the game. Uh, Bob Seger was there. Uh, just take those old records off the shelf. Uh, and other songs, the the legendary rocker from Detroit, he was, I mean, they were pulling it all out uh, for the Lions, and rightfully so. They hadn't done this since the early 90s. I mean, when you contemplate the Buccaneers have repeatedly won playoff games in the 2000s and won two Super Bowls since the Lions last won a playoff game, why why wouldn't they pull out uh, the stops? All right, so let's get into what we do. I've, I've given you the setting. Winner-take-all game to go to the NFC title game. The Lions had won the regular season meeting here at 20-6, to and we're going to get into the highlights of this one now because in that game, Jared Goff uh, was tremendous, 30-40 of 40 for over 300 yards and three touchdowns. He was one of the big keys again on Sunday in this game. Former number one overall pick. You probably know about the story that he led the Rams to the Super Bowl with Sean McVay's offense. They won a couple of playoff games and went to the Super Bowl before Tom Brady and the Patriots beat him. Well, then the Rams decided, we think Matt Stafford is better in Detroit. They swung a huge trade for golf, head up, and some draft picks to go to Detroit, almost like he was being cast aside while golf was on the redemption tour. Not unlike Baker Mayfield with the Buccaneers being cast aside by the Cleveland Browns and by the Carolina Panthers 
and he eventually had a cup of coffee with the Rams at the end of the year and won a couple of games last year after being released by the Panthers. So redemptive stories on both sides from the former number one overall pick quarterbacks, Jared Goff out of Cal, Baker Mayfield out of Oklahoma. So that was the setting uh, in this one. Interesting that the Rams took uh, the ball on the opening coin toss. They won the toss. They took the ball, and the Buccaneers right away got a stop. Uh, good defense, at least to start this game after the Rams got an early first. Or the Rams didn't even get a first down. It was a three and out when Goff threw incomplete over the middle. So the Bucs got the ball. They got an early first down with Rashad White running. But then a sack here really derailed it. This is one of the themes early on in the game. The Lions coming with pressure. Great Palmer. Line to the right. Shift the run back in motion. Here's the snap out of the gun. Blitz coming. Breaker Mayfield is clobbered. Blitzing corner from the left side. And nobody picked him up. And Mayfield took a huge shot at the 35-yard line. So that came off the corner blitz. Again, these are the highlights from 98 Rock Buccaneers Radio with... Um, in that instance, uh, Brian Branch coming off the corner there for the sack on first down. So now you're in third and long. And one thing that we constantly talked about leading into this game was do not make mistakes that can help the Lions. Do not assist them with turnovers, with key penalties. Don't help them out. And here was the first one of those that wasn't the whole game, but it kind of set the tone for the first half right here. Shotgun look. Edmonds, the sidecar. Baker Mayfield throw it. Incomplete pass. It is intercepted. Deflected by Evans. The return by Chauncey Gardner. Comes outside the numbers to the left. Buccaneers trying to tackle it. He gets outside the contain and is out of bounds inside Buck territory. That pass off the hands of Mike Evans and intercepted by uh, uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. And that turnover led to the Lions moving into scoring territory, but a nice job by the Buccaneers with second and goal at the three. Goff uh, should have thrown an interception on this play. In fact, we have the highlight from Gene and Dave. This is uh, a key moment here in the game where you would have kept the Lions from getting no points. Here's the way Gene and Dave called it. He is the setback, takes the play action, fake back off, gets the pass away, it's intercepted! Oh, dropped in the end zone. Gotta make that play, Bucks. Again, a poor throw, a poor decision by Goff. He threw it late while getting a little bit of pressure. Jamel Dean has his hands on the ball, and I'm just going to say this on Buccaneers Radio. He's got to make that play. There are no excuses, no explanations. It is an easy catch to make, and he doesn't make it. And if Dean makes that catch, there is an offensive lineman that's like floating in the right flat um, over there. But I don't know that that lineman's going to make the play. And Jamel Dean has the whole left side of Ford Field wide open. Where maybe Jared Goff is going to have an angle on him at about midfield. Or the Lions 40, depending on how fast he runs. And maybe not. Enormous early play where Dean not only doesn't neutralize the Lions getting any points. But he doesn't get up field for a humongous gain, if not a pick six touchdown. In that instance. All right, so the Lions got on the board with a field goal, a Michael Badgley field goal right after that. And then the Buccaneers finally get something going on offense after the, the sack and the interception. Now on this possession, they get it going over the middle as we return to the highlights. First down at the 49. Pass over the middle. Caught by Trey Palmer at the 30. Breaks a tackle and falls forward to the 25-yard line. Boy, Trey Palmer has come on here in the postseason, hasn't he? 
Trey Palmer had that catch and run touchdown against the Eagles back on Monday night. This was shades of that. A nice play by the Lions safety to get him tripped up or it might have gone to the house on that play. And that would actually be big because once again, the Lions get a sack to move the Bucks out of uh, uh, out of the red zone area, move the Buccaneers back and, and basically squelch the drive at that point. The sack coming uh, on second down. Actually, the drive coming, uh, the sack coming on first down uh, with, uh, with Brian Branch coming through again. Uh, and so now you line up for the first points of the day with Chase McLaughlin right here. 43-yard field goal attempt for Chase McLaughlin from the far side hash. A lot of noise. Zach Treader's snap, a perfect snap. The kick is airborne. And Chase McLaughlin has tied this game at 3-3. Three to three. 22 consecutive field goals for the Bucks' weapon. Chase McLaughlin there from 43 yards out to get the game retied. And you're fine at this point. I can tell you from the sideline, confidence on that sideline. You wanted seven, yes. But you've gotten the game retied kind of on the punch, counter punch that you're going along. You're fine there late in the first quarter to get those points and make the game 3-3. Eight plays, 50 yards on that. You had an 18-yard completion earlier uh, to Mike Evans on the play before the Palmer play. So you're in some rhythm on offense. But then the uh, the Lions demonstrate why, obviously, uh, they're one of the top teams in football because they proceed on a 14-play, 75-yard drive after this, and eventually it would be capped off right here with Goff getting them in the end zone for the first time. Here's the snap of Goff looking, looking, looking. Those toward the end zone, wide open, touchdown, Detroit Lions. Nine-yard touchdown catch there. Uh, to cap off that drive, time-consuming drive that bled into the second quarter. And, I, you know, I, I've said this several different times, confusion in the back end of the defense. I'm going to name the name, Devin White. So much has been made about him playing, not playing. K.J. Britt played significantly more than him. Uh, yesterday, the coaching staff played K.J. Britt a ton in the Monday night game because, again, Devin White is standing around the three-yard line and the goal line, and he's not aware that Josh Reynolds runs right by him, right behind him in his zone and doesn't go with him uh, for that touchdown. So, again, give the Lions uh, their props, but the Buccaneers could have executed better for sure in that instance. Uh, All right, so uh, very interesting as the game continues to roll on that the Buccaneers were able to pin... The Lions back, Jake Camarda had a 66-yard punt. That is the longest postseason punt in Buccaneer history. What a weapon that young man has been. Not only punting the ball, but kickoffs that don't get returned either. Great one-two punch. All right, so the Bucs were able to hold the Lions in. They get the ball back. You're trying to make something happen to maybe get points. You're trying to move into scoring range. You get near midfield. Uh, Kate Otten catches a 14-yarder to get you near midfield. Uh, you then get the ball... Uh, to Chase Edmonds for five yards down to the Detroit 37 and then uh, or down to the Detroit 32 and then the pass is incomplete so that would lead to this in a uh, in a 10-3 game McLaughlin trying to line up for another field goal field goal attempt will be a 50 yard of the spot is now the kick is airborne it is long enough Chase McLaughlin he hits the upright left and it's no good his first miss since Buffalo After 22 straight makes, that one off the upright from 50 yards out. It just hooked enough left to catch the left upright. 
And again, uh, that guy's been so tremendous throughout this season. You can you can beg off a second quarter field goal from 50 yards out that hits the upright. So that's a little demoralizing, but very quickly late in the half, the Buccaneer defense still making plays. The Lions looking to up the 10-3 lead, but the Bucs wouldn't let them here. Initially, there was a completion to uh, Amon Ross St. Brown uh, where he looked like he got the first down, but upon review, his elbow was down when he had been touched or tackled. So they moved the ball back, and this is the next play after them not getting the first down, and it turns out to be an enormous play. Third down and a yard and a half. Shotgun look, Jared Goff. They move right to left. Gibbs on his right hip, left hip, dropping the throw. We run a stunt, and they tackle it. First quarterback sack of the game. It's Kalijah Kansi. The rookie, Kalijah Kansi, coming into his own the second half of the season. Disruptive force throughout this game at field level. You could see it. The Lions were having problems with him. And he gets the sack. And why would that be big? Because the Buccaneers get the ball back in the final minute and a half with timeouts and start making things happen, including a Mayfield completion. Uh, after Baker did a great job scrambling on third and one for 14 yards, a completion for 27 yards down the left sideline to Mike Evans. Don't have that one. But we don't have the first of these plays. Here's the second of the plays in the final 30 seconds of the half to Mike. The snap, they go far sideline, same throw, catch! Is it made by Evans? It is! He's at the one-yard line. Tampa Bay Buccaneers knock on the door. Great grab by number 13. Thought Evans was maybe going to score on that play. He ends up being touched down at the two-yard line. Couldn't quite keep his feet as Gene called it there. Uh, and in, in Gene's defense, that uh, area of the field, Gene's at one end of the press box up high at Ford Field, kind of by the Lions' 10-yard line end zone left. Now this is happening. Buck end zone all the way far corner right. Did It's tough to tell. I was down there, but it's tough to tell. Did Evans get in or not? Is he down at the one or not? Well, that would eventually lead to this and the tying score, as Gene and Dave called it on Buccaneers Radio. Wide to the left is Godwin. Shotgun look Baker Mayfield. Evans in the slot to the right. Trey Palmer wide to the right. Here's the snap. Going to throw past. Far back short. So, caught ball. Caught ball in the end zone. Kate Otten, the flag has been thrown. Kate Otten makes the catch. Yeah. Toe taps inbounds. Is this one coming back? Oh, there. They're talking about a potential pass interference. There was no pick. It didn't look like I was watching Otten the whole time. Yeah, and Buccaneers are saying, we got the touchdown. We got the touchdown, says Baker Mayfield. Tell us, Mr. Ray. There's no foul for offensive pass interference. The contact was in within one yard of the line of scrimmage. Cade Otten. Cade Otten, the hero in receiving against Philadelphia, gets the first touchdown catch of the day by the Bucs in Detroit. Kate Otten from two yards out, and as you heard the referee Bill Vinovich explain, you are allowed contact within the one-yard buffer zone, and so the pick plays that always run, as long as they're happening within a yard of the line of scrimmage, that's legal. There was a little bit of a pick where Anzalone, the linebacker, made contact with Godwin, but it's allowed. It's a nice play by Dave Canales. It's obviously something they work on. Otten makes the catch in the left corner of the end zone, not unlike the end of the Atlanta road game in the final 30 seconds of that game uh, to win it. And you're right back in the game, folks. Tremendous drive to end the first half as it ends up being a 92-yard drive. That's the longest drive in Buccaneer postseason history. Not a Tom Brady-led Buccaneer offense of the last three years in the postseason. Not Brad Johnson in the Super Bowl year in the three playoff wins. 
uh, against uh, the 49ers, the Eagles, and then the Super Bowl against the Raiders. I do remember out of the locker room, I think the Bucks had an 80-yard touchdown drive in San Diego against the Raiders to help put that game away. Uh, but this was 92 yards and just seven plays in a minute 13. Tremendous job by Maker Mayfield. The, the line giving him some protection. Mayfield with his legs. Mike Evans with the catches. Otten finishes it off. So you're right in the game. And I had the chance to talk with Coach Todd Bowles uh, going to the locker room as uh, I said, hey, what, you know, or coming out of the locker room, I said, hey, what's uh, – What's got to be better defensively? He said, we've got to get off the field on third down. We're giving them check downs. We're giving them easy third down conversions on third down. And he said, offensively, we got to finish drives with touchdowns. He knew he knew it was going to take touchdowns um, in this. All right, so the Bucks got the ball first to start the second half. And this would be a theme, again, throughout the game. You've got to give the Lions credit because this is what continued to happen uh, with the with the Detroit pass rush, in particular against Baker Mayfield on the opening drive of the third quarter. Empty backfield for Mayfield. Three receivers to his right, two to his left. Picks the leg, Bell high snap, pressure cup against the pass, away, call, incomplete pass. He was sacked and dropped by Trey Palmer, the intended receiver. But Baker Mayfield was crunched again, and Aiden Hutchinson gets credit for the sack. He has a string of three consecutive games with multiple sacks, and that sack takes the Buccaneers out of field goal range. Aiden Hutchinson's an amazing pass rusher. Detroit kid, played at Michigan, All-American for the Wolverines, and now uh, a Pro Bowl caliber, tremendous pass rushing defensive lineman. I will say that Luke Gedeke uh, did a good job on him for most of the game one-on-one. There was some double teaming. He occasionally was over against Tristan Wirfs. But there were a couple of times when Hutchinson's going to get free. Great players do that. He got the sack. The Bucs are forced to punt. The Lions get the ball back in the 10-10 game. And the Buccaneers are able to back them up. A chop block called on David Montgomery, an illegal block on the running back for the Lions. Back them up, so they punt the ball. Now the Buccaneers uh, have the ball. Uh, near midfield, but again, the uh, the tremendous job by the Lions to force the Bucks to go three and out. So a punt happens again, and now the Lions finally go on a scoring drive themselves. In a 10-10 game, 10 plays, 64 yards. They hammer inside the five. Golf threw incomplete over the middle to Reynolds again. It was better covered. Uh, then they threw incomplete to Laporta over the middle uh, as well. Nice job by the Buck D. Now fourth and goal, and this was large. Dan Campbell didn't hesitate. He wanted a touchdown right here, and they went for it. In the backfield, Goff awaits the snap, feeds the ball. And two Reynolds goes up the middle. He's got a Detroit Lion touchdown. So Josh Reynolds able to score from a yard out in the short yardage situation against the stacked Buccaneer front. The Lions just got it blocked better. This is one of the things I said earlier. you got to tip your hat to them, give credit where it's due, they made plays. Fourth and one there. They made the play. The Bucks made the plays on second and one and third and one for the incompletions. Didn't get the stop on fourth and goal. And now the Lions have the lead. They have the crowd in the game. But again, the Buccaneers continue to make plays uh, and get right back in the game. So this is late third quarter as Gene and Dave called it. And we return to the highlights here once again on 98 Rock and Buccaneers radio of Baker Mayfield scrambling around a little bit and making an incredible toss here. 
Which sets up in the shotgun with Edmonds on his right hip. Here comes outside pressure. Baker Mayfield cocks it up, throws down. Rolling to his right, throws it downfield. It is, well, Otten hangs on to it. He made the catch at the 40-yard line. Remarkable throw by Mayfield under pressure. Otten hauls that one in for 13 yards on the sideline. Uh, Kate Otten would finish five catches, 67 yards on the touchdown highlight that we played earlier. So now you're moving into scoring range here in the fourth quarter. And how many times did we see the Bucks facing a third and long, fourth and long, even in the second half and convert? That's what's going to happen here after an incompletion uh, short right where uh, it looked like Mayfield may have been down. And the Lions did not get the replay in time, did not get the challenge flag out. And elect, it would have been like a five or six yard loss, elected to leave it at third and ten. Again, uh, fault them for not being decisive. Bucks will take it and will turn it into seven points on the play right after that here on third and ten. Third down and ten. Bucks need to reach the two-yard line. Let's take it to the paint. Baker Mayfield now with an empty backfield. Bucks are three of nine on third down. Listen to this crowd. Can the Bucks hear Baker Mayfield? Shifting into the backfield. Rashad White, shotgun look now. Blitz coming up the middle by a safety pass. Football by Rashad White. White to the 10. White to the 5. 3 2 1. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Bucks throw those flag pass. And what a call by Baker Mayfield. And let's just say this Dave Canales has done a tremendous job with play calling as this season has gone on. First year offensive coordinator, first time as the play caller uh, in the NFL. That is a, a tremendous. Uh, counterpunch to the blitz that the Lions were bringing. Throw that screen and burn them. Had Robert Hainsey out in front. Uh, had receiver downfield out in front blocking and Rashad White to the house for his first receiving touchdown of his uh, Buccaneer postseason career. Hopefully many more coming for him. It ends up going for 12 yards and the Buccaneers right back tied in the fourth quarter and Ford Field. You want to know about Ford Field? Here was Ford Field after that touchdown. No, they weren't playing our nothing but Bucks music. They, <laughs> they weren't doing anything or saying anything. They were a bit stunned at 17 all. So the Buccaneers in the end zone at that stage, but then give the Lions credit uh, as once again they are able to start motoring into the uh, fourth quarter of this game. The Lions go on a drive to begin the fourth quarter here. Uh, by the way, the, the Mayfield touchdown happened uh, right at the end of the uh, third quarter with 10 seconds left. I may have said fourth quarter earlier. Didn't take the Lions long to get right back. Five plays, 75 yards. Uh, golf to Josh Reynolds uh, over the middle for 18. Over the middle to uh, Jameer Gibbs. And now you're in scoring range right here for Gibbs to do this. And the Lions offense ready to go. And you heard him say kill, changing the play. Now he's got an H back in the backfield. One back set. And he'll feed the ball. Stretch handoff. Running to him. Bam! Picks a hole. Inside the 25 to the 20. Down the sideline. Outside the numbers to the 10. Jamar Gibbs has a Detroit Lion touchdown. The speedy back out of Alabama. Did not play in game one in Tampa in the October win by the Lions. But he was a problem throughout the day. 31 yards. Buccaneers out of position in the middle of the defense. And Gibbs just... Put the foot in the ground, cut left, and is gone for the touchdown. Detroit, again, deserves credit. They made the plays. They have weapons on offense. Gibbs, one of those weapons. That gave them the lead back. And then this was this was a key point in time in the game. The Bucs get the ball. And I remember saying to Gene and Dave live on the, on the Buccaneer broadcast on 98 Rock and our, and our Buccaneers radio, that, hey, you got to answer this right now. 
Silence the crowd. You got 13 minutes left in the game, ton of time. Go silence the crowd. Go get a touchdown. You're not able to do that. As Baker Mayfield threw incomplete to Kate Otten on second down. Uh, he then got the ball to Rashad White in the left flat, but he wasn't nearly close enough to getting 10 yards. Only got about five, six yards. You're forced to punt. And this was the uh, the key point here where the Lions would go on a march. You had pinned Detroit in at their 11-yard line. They march again 89 yards themselves. Uh, David Montgomery catching an 11-yard pass. Eventually, Jamison Williams, a 24-yarder down the right sideline. Bucks did a pretty good job on the speedster Williams throughout the game. Uh, you then got a sack uh, from Levante David. Let's play that highlight. 54 has been everywhere down the stretch of the season. Here is Levante showing up in the uh, in the fourth quarter of a divisional playoff game in Detroit. Dropping back to throw under pressure. Goff is going to be snagged and dropped to the backfield. Second sack of the game by the Buccaneers. And getting to him and getting up is Levante. Was that uh, Levante David? So Levante trips him up, but again on on uh, third and 15, a key play is a throw over the middle to Amon St. Uh, Ross St. Brown. Third and 15, you give up a 20-yarder down the middle of the defense. And it does two things. It sustains the drive. It allows them to keep burning the clock with a seven-point lead. And eventually, they move into scoring range once more. And tremendous touch on this pass. Again, credit the Lions. Goff put it right where his guy only could catch it. Here's a low snap dug out by Goff. Throws a pass to the right side. Over. That's caught. Great catch in the end zone. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. Wow. I'm on Ross St. Brown. Fingertip grab in the corner of the end zone. Nine-yard touchdown, capping an 89-yard touchdown drive. And at that point, you're greatly damaged. You're down 31-17 because, again, they not only go up two scores, they took nearly six minutes off the clock, and there's now only six and a half minutes left in the game. As we continue through the highlights, Jared Goff's second touchdown pass. Again, St. Brown is a tremendous uh, receiver, all-pro receiver, by the way. And he looked it on Sunday. It's one of the big reasons why the Lions have continued to succeed on offense. No quit, though, in the Buccaneers. We didn't think there would be, and there was not. How about Baker Mayfield? This is a fourth down play. You're in dire straits, down by two scores. Mayfield had been sacked again, fourth and 14, and here's the way Gene called it. Here it comes up the middle. Mayfield flushed, looks to his right, throws downfield. It is a caught ball. Evans first down to the 45, and he's out of bounds at the 44. Mike Evans makes the snag, a crossing route, and how about Baker Mayfield avoiding a sack, running for his night, and lobbing the ball in front of Evans to make the grab on fourth down and 14. 24 yards officially uh, to Mike Evans on the fourth down. Keep the drive alive, and the key thing here is you're able to score quickly. You find Chris Godwin for 17 yards to get you into scoring range, and that leads to this. Godwin and Otten on the right side. Now Otten in motion to the left slot. Shotgun look with Rashad White on Baker Mayfield's left hip. Here's the snap looking. Mayfield throws a dart toward the end zone. Caught ball. Mike Evans, touchdown Tampa Bay. Three touchdown passes by Baker Mayfield, and the Buccaneers get a 16-yard touchdown throw from Baker Mayfield, and only Evans with his 6'5 height could get up there and make that snag. Of course, the most prolific receiver in Buccaneer history is going to make the play in the fourth quarter of a playoff game. So you are right there. Uh, for the opportunity now to get an extra point and be within seven or go for two. Now, look, I know there's a lot of criticism and second-guessing on the new analytics that say go for two. The Buccaneers are very much invested in 
uh, analytics and advanced stats football and percentages. And so they went with the analytic play, the newfound play. And I've actually got some information on this. I knew of the one instance in December where the Tennessee Titans came back on Monday night football to beat the Miami Dolphins in the final six minutes of the game, scoring not once, actually the final five minutes of the game, scoring not just once, but twice. They went for two, down two touchdowns, and got it. Will Levis threw the two-point conversion and got it. Uh, They then got the ball back and then scored a touchdown with Derrick Henry and kicked the extra point. The Dolphins had one last chance, and the Titans stopped them and won the game, scoring 15 points in the last three, four minutes of the game. There's another instance from the beginning of the year where the Packers and Matt LaFleur did it with Jordan Love against the Saints. Against Derek Carr and the Saints, they trailed 17-3 in the final six and a half minutes, got a touchdown, went for two on the analytic play, Love threw the two-point play, and they got it. They then stopped the Saints, got the ball back, got a touchdown, kicked the extra point, and then stopped the Saints on the winning opportunity where the Saints were trying to get into scoring range to kick a field goal. So it has worked twice this year is my point. Here's the overall sample size. Since 2018, the Buccaneer attempt on Sunday at the two-point play down by 14 has been tried in the late fourth quarter of 26 NFL games, including the playoffs. It has worked 15 times out of the 26, so more than half. It had been 15 of 25 until the Buccaneers tried it. So on the analytics play, so so 14, well, uh, 15 different times before Sunday, 13 times before this year, but twice this year. The only two times this year that a team has tried it, it worked. The Bucs know that, the analytics. I understand there's criticism about don't do it, but it's one of those where your mentality behind this, just for one more second, is we believe we're not going to get the ball two more times, or if we do, we're gonna. it's going to require us to have an onside successful kick, which almost never happens anymore in the NFL. The chances at a successful onside kick are now down below 10%, by and large. They don't get recovered anymore. So if your mentality in that instance with four minutes left is we're probably only getting the ball one more time, we want to go ahead and take a chance to be able to win the game with that one more possession and not need it two more times. Because obviously on the math, people, Buccaneers fans, if you are kicking an extra point and scoring again and kicking the extra point, you got to have the ball a third time. I understand the argument of kick the extra point the first time, and then go for two the second time if you want to go for the win, but then all the pressure's on that play. In this instance, all the pressure wasn't on the Evans catch because you still need another touchdown anyway. And then all the pressure's on the two-point play to tie the game. So again, I'm going through it. It's a second-guesser's delight, but I think I've given you the case, the argument that it has worked for other teams, including this year. And it's worked 15 times doing this to give a team the lead Uh, since 2018. It's fascinating. Uh, And teams like the Eagles have done it five times and were successful three different times uh, doing this. Mahomes and the Chiefs also did it with Andy Reid since 2018. So other teams have done this uh, while you're in that instance. All right, so here's the key moments at the end of the game. You're not able to get that two-point conversion. The Lions are then running the clock. The Bucs eventually get the stop using timeouts. They get an incompletion from Jared Goff.
trying to find St. Brown. So that helps outside the two-minute warning to stop the clock. And now the Bucks take over uh, in deep in their own territory after the pooch punt. And they know they've got a full minute, 45, and a timeout. Plenty of time to go get the touchdown and the potential tying two. Down 31-23. Unfortunately, after an initial completion and the, and the clock is running, you line up. You get the completion of Mike Evans for five yards. You line up. And this is where the Lions made one final big play to seal the game. Clock ticking with a minute 40 to go. 100 seconds. Here comes a delay blitz. Mayfield looks. Throws the ball over the middle. It's intercepted. Picked off at the third 27-yard line. And that'll do it. Derek Barnes, who did not have an interception all year. He hasn't been a starter all year. He makes the play. Historical play for the Lions. Again, they have not won two playoff games in any postseason in 67 years. 1957, when they won the NFL championship, is the last time they won two postseason games. Derek Barnes helped seal it. Baker Mayfield, you feel for him. He bent over at the waist, staring at the ground for a couple of seconds. It was just tough to stomach and watch that because you had still a minute and a half left. Plenty of time to go try to make some plays and a timeout left. And you throw the interception there on the second down. And, and look, I know there's some discussion about the Lions kneeling on the ball with 1.33 to go uh, in the game. Um, the, the Bucks could have, could have. Todd Bowles called a timeout. However, even if they call the timeout, the, the uh, Lions are still in field goal range to likely make a field goal. Even if they don't make the field goal, you're going to have to go virtually the length of the field, 70 yards, 65 yards, without a timeout in like the last 20 seconds. That's the best you were going to do, was get the ball back with like 20, 25 seconds left on a missed field goal. Obviously, if he makes the field goal, the game's completely over. Sure, you could block the field goal. I mean, you got all kinds of hypotheticals. So I understand there's some criticism about not taking the timeout. The reality, again, is you would have probably only had about 20, 25 seconds. If he misses the field goal, and no timeout left, and you need a touchdown and a two. Yes, you would still have life. But at that point, Todd Bowles had said, hey, they've beaten us. They've beaten us by stopping the two. They've beaten us by getting the interception uh, and getting the ball back. And the game ends 31-23 in favor of the Detroit Lions. All right, so immediately after this one was over with, Baker Mayfield needed to cool down a little bit. We'll hear from him in a few minutes as part of our Hooters postgame show. In the chronology, how great has Levante David been? Another double-digit tackle game on Sunday. Tackles for loss, a sack. Levante's not playing like a 34-year-old. It's about to be his birthday again. Happy birthday, 54. Levante David will go down as one of the best linebackers in the history of this franchise. He deserves to be in the conversation with Derek Brooks. Derek Brooks is the all-time standard. But right now, Levante David is playing at a high level in the neighborhood of Derrick Brooks. Bravo. Warrior, great player, was showing up again yesterday, led the Bucs with 13 official combined tackles, two tackles for loss, a sack. I'd love to have him back. He's on a one-year deal. I'd love to have him back for another year. Let me ask you this, Buccaneer fans. It looked like Levante David can still play in the National Football League. My God, he's, he's got the fountain of youth. Levante probably had 75 tackles in the month of December and in January to help you make the postseason and was everywhere against the Eagles when you had to have it in the playoff game and everywhere against the Lions when you had to have it. Tremendous. Uh, the only thing the Bucs didn't do was take the ball away. They got some sacks. They got some stops. They didn't take the ball away. But Levante's a leader, phenomenal in the locker room. 
Let's see if Jason Light can't bring him back. The front office, I think Levante does want to play on for another year. Get, get him back in Buccaneer colors and make another playoff run uh, with that guy. Let's hear from Levante. Also, KDOT in the second-year tight end is coming into his own at a touchdown catch. I talked to both of them as part of our Hooters postgame show and Buccaneers radio from Ford Field after the game, obviously. Uh, Levante, we're, we're here live immediately after this is over. What a battle in this game. What did this game come down to? For, uh, for the Lions to pull it out? Oh, man, they just, you know, made plays. You know, uh, we knew it was going to be a battle. Um, we knew it was going to be a four-quarter game. And, um, you know, we didn't create no takeaway defensively. I know that for sure. But, um, you know, I'm proud of this team, man. Proud of the way we fought. Proud of the way we grinded throughout the season, through all of, you know, the naysayers and doubters. But we kept, you know, we kept, kept being one in the locker room. And that's the thing that I really love about this unit. You know, everybody, we play for each other, man. And, um, you know, unfortunately, they, we fell short. But something we can learn from. And um, just going to go ahead and get better from it. How much do you credit golf and their offense for putting three touchdowns on the board in the second half? Oh, man, got to give them a lot of credit. You know, they came out executing at a high level. You know, um, they, um, just kept kept running their game plan. You know, um, getting balls in their playmakers' hands. You know, getting the ball out real fast, getting the ball out quick. And, um, you know, I'll just, just execute it. But you still got one more stop and got the offense the ball back with a chance to go try to do something. The fight was still there, and the defense did its job there at the very end, correct? Yeah, I mean, you know, every time we out there, we fighting to get a stop or take the ball away. So uh, we was able to do that. But unfortunately, you know, uh, we couldn't finish. So, um, you know, just got to take it for what it is. And as a veteran uh, on this team, you got to look at this as a success because a lot of people did not believe this was a playoff situation, much less a playoff win, right? Yeah, I mean, I told the guys, man, don't never hang your head. You know, um, we fought to be in this position that we're in right here, man. A lot of people kind of lose out, but we worked our ass off to be here. And uh, unfortunately, just didn't fall our way today. Levante, thank you. Yep, thank you. He's always class here to stand here with me. In the tough circumstance of a playoff loss where the Bucks again fought hard, had one last chance to go try to make something happen and could not, we're going to keep it right here on the Hooters postgame show in the aftermath here in the locker room and see if we can get uh, one more interview uh, here before it is over with. Uh, and Kate Otten is going to stand here and be willing to talk with us immediately after it's done. Tough football game. You still had chances in the second half. What did you do well offensively, especially in the fourth quarter, to give yourself a chance? Yeah, we just did a great job of sticking with it. You know, we we always believed we could win that game, and gosh, it, it hurts to not to not get it done. But you know, we have a, a great group of guys, and super proud of what we've done this year. But just you know, believed all the way through, we're, we're able to move the ball and just you know, a couple plays short, making it happen. You got to credit the Lions some. They've had a tremendous season. Very loud crowd here that they seem to feed off of. What What are your thoughts here on going against them again in this environment? Yeah, they're a really good team. They had a great crowd today. Um, it was a fun game. Just super bummed about the outcome. But, you know, all credit to them. They got it done. I know we're immediately after this, but this has got to be, this is me saying this, and I think a lot of people, this has got to be a deemed a successful season. You win the division, you win a playoff game. Just a quick thought on uh, on getting into the playoffs and winning a playoff game. I'm, I'm super proud of all we've done, but you know, we, we wanted the Super Bowl. And to not get there is disappointing for sure. Um, but... Just super proud of all the work we did this year, all the adversity we fought through, how we stayed together. And I'm just, I'm just sad it's coming to an end. I love coming to work with these guys. 
Hey, thank you. Thank you. The finality of 31-23 ending your season in the divisional round is tough to accept. And again, those guys are class acts to stand there immediately after the game, four or five minutes after the game. Kate Otten still in his uniform. Levante David still in his uniform talking to me on Buccaneers Radio. They are class. I publicly thank them here on the Buccaneers mobile app and the podcast platforms, Buccaneers.com, for being class acts. All right, so now the head coach uh, came to me after he had talked to the media and it's kind of interesting in Ford Field, the, the coach's press conference room is not really anywhere near. You almost have to leave breadcrumbs to go find the, the interview room after the game. So it took a couple of minutes for him to get out of the interview room, get to me. But here's that conversation. Coach Todd Bowles deserves a lot of credit. His team played hard, won games, won a playoff game. And you'll hear my conversation with him on wrapping up the season and the tough loss to the Lions. And then you'll hear my conversation with Baker Mayfield, who was ready right after that to come and talk with me on Buccaneers Radio and put a capper on the season. Let's go to both of those conversations as part of our Hooters postgame show. It ends 31-23. Coach, we're live here on Buccaneers Radio. Just a tough football game. What did it come down to today? Came down to the second half mistakes. Uh, us not executing on offense, getting taking advantage of certain things, and us uh, not tackling some of the checkdowns on defense. That kind of cost us in the fourth quarter. What was golf doing well? What were you not doing well enough in the fourth quarter to be able to get the stops? He was checking it down. He was throwing three or four yard passes and they were running for another seven, eight yards, which was getting us about 12 with some short passes with Gibbs and St. Brown, great receivers, uh, good quarterbacks going to check it down. We took away the deep ball and they were making some plays underneath. You were able to give yourself life with a quick two minute drive, a fourth and 14 to Mike Evans, eventually a touchdown to Mike Evans. From what you recall about that gutsy drive to get you on the board, just tell me what you remember. We made some plays. Obviously, Baker made some plays. Mike made some plays the entire game. Just didn't make enough of them. Unfortunately, even though you got the defensive stop, you've got one more opportunity with a timeout left. And again, the linebacker is able to jump in front of KDOT. And how much do you just credit them for being able to make the one last play? It was a good play. He snuck in there at the end. He saw it at the last minute and whipped his head around. We thought we had a shot at it. And you give him credit for making a good play. I know it's immediately after it's over. It's finality at the end of the season. I, I believe, this is me saying this, you got to deem this a success. You win the division, you win a playoff game. What are your thoughts in totality on the 2023 year? Totality for us as a team, anything short of the Super Bowl is not a success. But from a toughness standpoint, an effort standpoint, and a togetherness standpoint of how we've grown throughout the year, that part of it you love. Baker Mayfield comes in here on a one-year prove-it contract just to assess his leadership, what he did, and what he accomplished. He did a hell of a job this year, on and off the field with the guys in the locker room. Uh, his play spoke for itself. It wasn't just gutsy and gritty. He actually threw the ball from the pocket and played quarterback and doesn't get enough credit for that. Uh, he came and he had a hell of a year. And finally, this, uh, this obviously ends here in Detroit. What, if anything, did you leave this team with? What did you say to them, whatever you care to share about this season? I just talked to him about, you know, our goals falling short of the Super Bowl, but at the same time, I love the toughness, uh, nobody pointing fingers, the way we stood together all year, the way guys picked each other up, the way we fought through adversity and came out and had a chance to play in here today, and we just got to get better next year. Coach, thank you, not just today, but all season long. Thank you. You got it. A tough one today, 31-23. The Lions have won in the divisional round, ending the Buccaneers' season in round number two of the playoffs. Detroit will now go to play the San Francisco 49ers up next as this one ends uh, here today with an eight-point win by the Lions.
and we're going to make an effort here to come around and talk to Baker Mayfield for just one moment while we're still here live on the Hooters postgame show. Let's see if we can do that here for one second, if he is available. Are you available for one second? Yeah, we'll do it for just one second. Yeah, tough. All right, we're good here live, Baker. A tough day today. You still had chances at the end of this game. What about the fight of this team, first of all? I mean, I can't say enough about this team. That's the type of guys we are. We were all year. Um, obviously, still comes down to taking care of the football. Um, yeah, I mean, I, this feels like my, my heart just got ripped out. I hate this for the whole team. I hate it that it came down to an interception when we still had a chance at it. Um, but it, it, like I said, can't say enough about this team, the fight that we've had all year. We, we weren't supposed to be here. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. It's, these moments are – there's no words to describe it because you worked so hard all year long and then your season just ends. And so, um, yeah, a, a lot of guys telling everybody to keep their heads up. And, and, you know, obviously there's pieces that change every year. And so it, it's tough. Number 13 is about 20 feet from us. What an amazing player. You got back in the game. You got him the ball on a fourth down and then eventually a touchdown. Just say some more about that and then him overall. He's the best receiver I've ever played with. Um, but no doubt in my mind, he's first ballot Hall of Famer. And he continues to do amazing things and find ways to get open. Um, he's truly gifted, and we've been lucky to have him. I've been lucky to have him and throwing to him all year. And finally, because I know you got to go, you were here uh, for a resurgent year, a redemptive year. How much would you love to be back here? I know that's a business thing down the road, but you had a lot of success here and you won a playoff game. Yeah, I mean, hopefully it all works out, but I've, I've loved this place. This place has been um, a transformational year for me and, and where I'm at in just overall life. Um, and so I can't thank this organization enough for the opportunity they've given me. And that, you know, that goes from top to, to everybody down at the support staff. And I can't say thank you enough. Baker, thank you all year long. Appreciate thank you. Thank the Lions have ended the Buccaneers season at 31-23. Again, tough circumstances, but uh, it, it ends that way. Finality happens for everybody except one team in the postseason. All the way at the end at the Super Bowl coming up in Las Vegas, Super Bowl 58. That's the only team that gets to celebrate. For every other team in the postseason, either wild card round like the Eagles and the Browns and the Rams uh, last week and, and the Steelers in the, in the wild card round, it all ended for them last week. Finality. Divisional round, unfortunately, not just the Buccaneers, but for the Texans, the Packers, and then the Bills suffer another devastating playoff loss. It's like they're cursed. The Chiefs beat them again in the playoffs. It's finality. Your season is over. And next weekend in Baltimore and San Francisco, two teams are going to win to make the Super Bowl and two teams are going to get all the way to the championship game and not get to go to the Super Bowl. So uh, the the, uh, the finality of it was tough to see. But again, as I said to the coach, and I'm saying to you Buccaneer fans, hold your head up high. There were a lot of people that believed this was a lost season and were predicting the Bucs to be in last place in the South. Three or four wins. Again, I'm going to keep naming names and keeping the receipts. Peter King... Had the Buccaneers 2-15, and 15, and they made the playoffs and won a playoff game. Uh, SportsIllustrated.com doesn't really exist anymore. They're wiping it out. Sports Illustrated's gone like after 70 years. Uh, but SI.com preseason, their NFL ranking had the Bucs 3-14. and 3-14. National pundits, Colin Cowherd sitting on Fox Sports Radio, in early September, saying the Carolina Panthers are going to win the division and the Bucs are going to finish in last place. Well played.
Colin used to be in Tampa Bay, but well played on uh, on that. I'm watching him on first take back in like July, talking about the Buccaneers are going to have the worst record in the NFL and the number one pick and draft Caleb Williams. Wrong. Again, I kept the I kept the receipts on all this. And even when people were doubting this team in December because they beat Atlanta and Atlanta, oh, all you're doing is ruining your draft pick. Remember, I came on this show and this podcast and said, get out of here. I'll hold the door. You bandwagon Johnny come lately. Tom Brady t-shirt wearing Buccaneer fans of only the last three years go away on play for the draft pick. You play to win. You play to make the playoffs. And for the rest of us, I kept saying we're going to enjoy the stretch run and trying to make the playoffs. And how fun was it to beat the Packers at Lambeau and come home and blast Jacksonville and put yourself in playoff position. And I know it wasn't pretty, but you won the game in Carolina and got to put hats and shirts on and celebrate and get a home playoff game. And hey, looky here at what happens when you go to the playoffs. You can win a playoff game, which the Bucs did. Worry about the draft in March and April after free agency. This team has too much talent, too many stars, and that's what we now turn to after this loss to the Lions. What about the future? What about Baker Mayfield being brought back? You just heard him on Nothing But Bucks say he'd love to be here. And I think the Bucs will do everything to make him uh, financially well off and, and be here for the next two, three seasons. He earned it. He deserved it. Uh, he's a gamer. He's a leader. You won important game after important game with him playing well. Love that guy's uh, heart and leadership. Bring him back. I believe this is me saying this. Mike Evans is going to get paid. He's going to be back. He's not played his last game as a Buccaneer. You also have the option to franchise tag him uh, as well. And you're going to have a bunch of salary cap money. Let's see what the Bucs choose to do. Antoine Winfield probably going to get paid. Tristan Wirfs possibly going to get uh, paid. It depends. It's his fifth year of his contract as they work through this. And then uh, some of the other guys will not be back. It's always that way in the NFL with roster turnover. That's what made the 2021 season so special. The Bucs brought everybody back. That almost never happens. But uh, Jason Light, his staff, John Spitek, Mike Greenberg with the cap, with the negotiations, they brought everybody back. The reality is you usually lose four or five, six guys to free agency because you can't sign everybody. And the Bucs played a lot of young players this year from Yaya Diaby, uh, to Cody Malk on the offensive line, uh, on and on down the list of of different. How about KJ Britt stepping in? He's a he's a bit of a veteran, but uh, different players that you were having to play on this year's team uh, to bring in as rookie free agents. How about Christian Izian making plays uh, in the defensive secondary? Trey Palmer's a wide receiver. I mean, you look at what the Bucks have done with building blocks, with grabbing Werfs, with grabbing. Uh, Vita Vea, Yaya Diaby, grabbing uh, Rashad White, Cade Otten, having drafted Antoine Winfield four years ago in the second round. you got building blocks all over the place for this team as you turn your attention to the offseason. So there's a lot to be thrilled about and look forward to. I will just this, – this concludes my 19th season being on the Buccaneer sideline, my 24th year as part of the Buccaneer game broadcast. Um, I will say this was as satisfying a year as you could have in terms of no expectation in a lot of places, dead cap money, $80 million in dead cap money. There's not another team in the NFL that had that kind of a dead cap that won their division and made a playoff game. Didn't happen in any of the other seven division wins. So give this team credit, Todd Bowles credit, 
Dave Canales is a first-year play caller. Baker Mayfield leading it on offense. Antoine Winfield deserves votes for Defensive Player of the Year. Levante David, an amazing leader. Mike Evans, another phenomenal season. There's a lot to look back on for 2023 and be thrilled about, including going to the playoffs and winning a game. Four straight years in the playoffs, three of the four years you win a game. The only team in the NFC with a four-year playoff streak, not the Cowboys, not the Packers, not the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, not the 49ers, not anybody else. So we'll see how this season plays out. Again, for San Francisco, Detroit, Baltimore, and Kansas City, they play on. How about the Chiefs and the AFC title game for the sixth consecutive year under Patrick Mahomes? They have not won them all, but this is six straight years now that they get that opportunity. So this will be very interesting to watch it play out, and then the offseason will begin soon enough with the evaluation of college players, NFL free agency in March, and then the NFL draft. And we'll see how everything shakes out in August. We'll be here July and August before you know it for the 2024 Buccaneers, and we'll see what this roster looks like. Listen, I've had a blast being with you on Nothing But Bucks all throughout this 2023 season. Again, finality here on the show, on the, on the recap show. I got no more games to recap. I wish I had an NFC title game to recap, but I do not. In any event, uh, great stuff here uh, all year long. Thanks to Jason Berenger with the highlights, the uh, the audio he provides, John Mamola, everybody at iHeartRadio. Fantastic job by Ronnie Nitrain Lane, Pat Donovan before, during, and after every Buccaneer game. Our director of broadcasting is Jeff Wright. Hope you've enjoyed hearing Gene and Dave and the highlights and the post-game interviews that I have with you on 98 Rock and the Buccaneer Affiliates. We love bringing this stuff to you and bringing it back to you in, in this podcast form, in this uh, digital show form, nothing but Bucks. Thank you for finding us after each and every Buccaneer game on the Buccaneers mobile app and wherever you get podcasts. I pledge to you we'll be back next season. Talk more about Buccaneer football. A lot to be optimistic about with the way this team played and a whole bunch of salary cap money and another draft to reload. Are you kidding me? Bringing back Mayfield, bringing back Evans, Godwin, Otten, White, reinforce the offensive line, bringing back Diaby and Vea and Levante David, bring him back, Antoine Winfield in that secondary, bring these guys back and build around them and let's see what the other pieces look like. Bring it on for 2024. But for now, though, we are done as the Lions have ended the Buccaneers' season. Still a successful season in 2023, I believe, and I think you would probably have to agree with a playoff win, a division win. A lot of great memories from this year, too. Tremendous players on this team that played well and outperformed the expectation of many with what they were able to do. I am merely TJ Reeves. Thank you for being with me on this final edition for the 2023 season of Nothing But Bucks.